0: Thank you so much for listening to our podcast here at the Greenwood Church of God. We are so excited that you have found us here. Our prayer is that this podcast would enrich your life and give you strength for this week ahead. Thank you so much for being here. Now enjoy the podcast. so good, so good, Be seen in the presence. I've been here on the act. gospel, and that's it. Um, I know um, what we have planned. I know what we for us. i not coming to hear me preach. But I want to share the gospel. I felt like it would be a failure of mine if I did not share the gospel. And I would love to use this for a few moments. No distractions. Holy moment. I want to share with you again. I want to open up first with the book of Isaiah, chapter 7, verse 14. And then we are going to also read from the book of Matthew, chapter 1. We're going to be reading from Matthew chapter 1. The Bible said in Isaiah 7, verse 13, he said, hear ye now. It is a small thing for you to weary men, but you will also weary Therefore the Lord himself said I'm sorry. God, I pray, God, that in this time, God, I will be very aware of what we have, God, that is going to fire in a few moments. God, as far as, God, we're going to fellowship, we're going to have a great time together, we've got things planned to make sure. God, in this moment, I pray that the gospel would work, God, the word will work, that sword, that is sharper than any two pray, God, that if someone needs to hear about Jesus, they would hear it. Body says, you know, I'm reminded of presidential elections, I'm reminded of how presidents or candidates will go around and they will have what we call town halls. They'll come to the people, they'll come and they will talk among the people, they will hear what the voters are saying, whether it's in a farmland or in an industrial area or whether Whatever it may be, a poor area they will come and they will hear the concerns of the people. There's something to be said about when someone of such importance will come to people. In fact, it speaks volumes to the kind of person that they are. And the voters begin to think better of those people because they feel like they are one. They feel like that candidate there's something to be said about someone that will come to the people that honor them so much. we look at the Christmas story, we see that in Jesus. We see that before there was a manger, before there was a Mother Mary or a Father Joseph, we see that there was a Jesus, Son of God, that was before the Incarnation. That means that you can look and see in the Old Testament there was Jesus. You can see he was a fourth man in the fire. You can see he was a visitor with Abraham in Genesis 18. In fact, John opens up his Gospel and says, in the beginning was the Word. We come to find out later that that Word is none other than Jesus Christ. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We know through Scripture that He is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the beginning and the end. He was there in the beginning and He will be there forevermore. But there's something to be said about what we celebrate in Christmas. Because this Savior, who is God, make no mistake about it, He's a hundred God and He's a hundred percent man. He's fully God and fully man. He didn't leave His deity when He came to earth, but He was dwelling on earth as fully God and fully man. This Savior felt it was a need to be among the people. You can look in the Old Testament and see that there was a need for a perfect sacrifice. There was a need for a Messiah. There was a longing for a Deliverer. A Deliverer that was far better than the Deliverer Moses. A Deliverer that was far greater than one like Gideon. A Deliverer that was better than Samson and so much greater than the King David. This would be a Messianic Deliverer that would be crowned the King of Kings. But what they were expecting was a political leader. And they did not realize they were going to get a lowly Savior. One that would be born in a manger. One that would be born among men. One that would be born to a damsel girl and a man that was either a carpenter or a some type of construction worker. God in His faithfulness saw fit to Send Him to those individuals. And in Isaiah we see, we see this prophecy. We see this prophecy as He's speaking to this king. He says, I'm going to give you a sign. He says, the two nations you're having trouble with, they're going to be gone even after this baby, before this baby comes on the scene. And He said, you shall, you shall see a child born of a virgin, and you will call Him Emmanuel.'" When you look at that word "Emmanuel," you see that that means that there is that God is with us. In fact, when you break that word down, it's a word. It's something as if to say "with" and "God," as if to say "God is with us." There's so many stories in Greek mythology of people like Zeus and others that would be they would tell stories, and they were just fables of. Those individuals that would come and they would dwell among man. But we're not talking about mythology. We're not talking about something that is written by man. But we're talking about God saw it fit to come and dwell among men. Do you know and do you hear what I'm saying today? That Jesus Christ, that God Almighty loved you so much that He chose to dwell among men so He could save men, and so you could be with Him for eternity. There's three things that I see in this and I want to share them with you and I want to give you hope. The Bible said that you shall call Him Emmanuel. Well, then you fast forward to the book of Matthew and you see that in this story, there's three things that point that kind of stick out to me. He said to Joseph, He said, You're going to call this Emmanuel Jesus because He will do something for you. He will save you of your sin. Then He also says that inside of Mary, that woman that you are betrothed to, that woman that you're scared to wed because you know that there's ridicule that's coming because y'all are not married, and and there's going to be speculation. He said inside of her, there is a Savior, so you see God for you. God in you, and then He said, God is going to dwell among you. I'm telling you today, church, I don't know what your life is like. I don't know what your circumstances are like. I don't know what your job is like. I don't know what your family is like. But there is a Savior named Jesus that that chose to come and be among His people. I'm going to give you good news because the first thing is you need to know God is with us. We see this in Jesus. The Bible said in Philippians chapter 2, it said, in your relationship with one another, have the same mindset as Jesus, who being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing. By taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. God was with us when we see about, when we hear about Jesus writing in the sand, talking at the well, healing the minded eyes. God was with them. But today the good news is this. We celebrate Christmas and Emmanuel today, but there is a Savior that can be with you right where you're at. I don't know what tragedy lies that's fallen on you. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you've faced. I want to tell you the good news today is Jesus can and will be with you the same Scripture that you read in Psalm 23 that says, Yea, though I walk through a valley of shadow of death, I will fear no evil for Thou art with me. That same Savior will be with you through the dark valleys, over the big hills. He will be with you in the times of trouble and sorrow. There is a Savior that we celebrate during Christmas that I can tell you if you will open up your heart to Him and you will serve Him and you will allow Him to save your life, he will be with you every step of the way. The Proverb says that he is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. He will be with you. If you're thankful for him being with you, would you just lift up your hands and say thank you for being with me? Hallelujah. 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 Not only is I see in this passage that He is for you. Emmanuel was not only with them, but Emmanuel was for them. Jesus, who is God, is for us and He is fighting for us. You don't have to worry about someone fighting your 21 and twenty says us that twenty one says by the Holy Spirit you will call him Jesus because he will save his people of their sins. Jesus is for us. I want to share with you just a few things that Jesus can do for you. Number one, Jesus can save you. Somebody just just testify for a moment that Jesus Christ has saved them. Jesus Christ has changed your life. Jesus Christ has set you free. Jesus Christ has taken all of your shame and all of your sins away. He will save you. But also, Jesus will give you hope. We live in a world that's hopeless. We live in a world that wakes up and depression is on us and anxiety and fear and worry. But I'm telling you today, this baby that we celebrate, Emmanuel, is for us and He will give you hope. Who needs hope today? I need hope in a hopeless land. And hope has come in the form of my Savior. He provides joy. Joy unspeakable, the prophet says, and full of glory. My goodness. That tells me that when I am in the doctor's office, when I am whatever it may be going through, I have joy that is not dependent upon the outcome of my circumstances, but is dependent upon Emmanuel is with me. And so therefore, no matter what my circumstances is, I have joy unspeakable, and it is full of glory. That's why when you go through what you're going through, and people see you and don't understand it, you can say, I don't have joy because of what I am going through. I have joy because of the One that has saved me. He is my joy. Not only gives you that, but He establishes peace. There's a song here that says, I know one day Jesus was on the with his disciples, and the wind began to blow, and the storms began to get out of control, and the boat began to rock. That story, you see that Jesus steps up and out of a sleep. Daniel is not only with us, but he is for us, and he wants us to have Philippians 4 says it is something called the of God that passes all understanding has anybody ever experienced the peace of God that passes all understanding when you look and you say I shouldn't be at rest I shouldn't be calm I shouldn't be tranquil but you are because you know you have blessed assurance Because Jesus has saved you. Jesus is with you. And Jesus is for you. Romans 8 and 31 says it just like this. If God be for you, who can be against you? Thirdly, I told you, Um, I wouldn't Not only is God with you, not only is God for you, but God is. The Bible says that Jesus, who is God, the Holy Spirit came upon a virgin girl. In Matthew 1, chapter 20, we are told, in sight of Mary, was the baby. Then we see in Luke, chapter 139-45, that they visit each other at Elizabeth's house, and at Elizabeth's house, they begin to touch each other and rejoice over each other and what things have happened and they begin to hug and as they touched each other, the babies leaped inside of them. I want you to know I see a a, a spiritual, uh, almost a, I hate to use the word prophetic, but, but but a futuristic glimpse into what it is to be a New Testament believer. That when you accept Jesus, not only is He with you, Not only is he for you, but through the power of the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of you, Jesus is in you. The Bible says today that we have a treasure in earthen vessels. And what's on the inside of you is greater than anything that's going on on the outside of you. Colossians 1 says it like this, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Today, if you're empty on the inside, my goodness, today, if you feel lost. Today, if you don't know what the future holds, I want you to know the only answer for you is Jesus inside of you through the dwelling power of the Holy Ghost. That's the only hope. That's the only way. And that's the only choice. God is in you. And as God is in you, He begins to form you. He begins to make you. It can't be what you want to be. It can't be what you think you should be. But when Jesus dwells in you, Romans 8 says, all things work together for you not for your own pleasure, but for His pleasure. doesn't mean that everything's going to work out for your benefit, the way you want it. You're not going to win the lottery because you played and you want the lottery. All things work together for your good to those that are called according to His purpose that love God. And then everything that happens in life, good or bad, begins to form you into the very image of Jesus Christ. And so that Savior that's with you, That Savior that is for you. And now that Savior that's in you through the power of the Holy Spirit begins to make you something that you could never be on your own. And when life doesn't go the way you think it should, when your mind ain't working the way you think it should, when things aren't happening the way you think they should, because of the One that's inside of you, all of a sudden you say, I am I am pressed, but not crushed. I'm persecuted, but I'm not not abandoned. I am struck down, but I'm not destroyed. Sorrow may last for a night, but joy comes in the morning. And I see what God is doing is better than what life... So often we want Jesus to work for us. We don't want him in us. We don't want him to have control. We don't want him to be Lord. God with us. I like no one. so much for listening to our podcast today. We are so thankful that you chose to join us in this way, but we would also love for you to come and join us in person at 1102 Sergeant John Pittman Parkway in Greenwood, Mississippi. Our service time is at 1040 AM and we would love to see you here. Thank you once again for listening we hope to see you soon. God bless.